0: Everyone ready? I'm ready.
1: I'm awake.
2: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 18 of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. Box Lee the Dynamite Duck is a mercenary known for being a member of the Hooligans with Knack the Weasel and Bark the Polar Bear.
1: That is not my Sonic persona.
2: Talon Lee Hawk is a former soldier of the Battle Bird Armada who deserted to the Babylon Roads until he left them as well to join the fearsome force of Under Mammoth Mogul. Ask me about Aaron's Sonic OC. <laughs> And I'm the leader of the Chaotix trio of detectives, leading my teammates on (laughs) adventures intended to earn money contributing to the welfare of the planet Mobius. Joe Wrench the Crocodile.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a week coming and it was worth it. (laughs) So tell them, what have you been playing? I've been playing listening to focus group recordings. This is not a good game. I don't recommend it to
2: anyone. That
1: sounds like some weird indie shit.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I, I know some people that could probably turn that to a game that would be compelling.
0: I, yeah. Um, uh, fun Employed, come to think of it. Fun Employed is a game that takes an experience I would have thought was frigging awful and makes it a really fun game. Where, just really quickly, Fun Employed is a tabletop card game. The, the shtick of it is it's a group interview. You are... what One player is the person with a resume, and the other players are people interviewing that person to determine what kind of job they're good for. And at the start of the game, you get dealt a handful of cards that are what's on your resume. And <laughs> other people get dealt what they're looking for for kinds of positions. Mm-hmm. So... And, and these are deliberately, completely batshit. So you have things like... um You have to convey that you were a good circus peanut distributor... Or at some point you were a flying squirrel. So I have
2: it I have it here, uh I have it here so that you are in fact covered in bees. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and then everyone ignores what cards get played and what they were supposed to be looking for because they think you're a people person and they like the way you shook sure hands. <laughs> Fuck job interviews
2: is all I'm saying. Bullshit. <laughs> uh
0: also I did finally bust out my Nintendo DS after a long period away from it. <laughs> And got to a boss battle in Devil Survivor 2 that I think I'm going to need another six months to take a run at. (laughs) Oh my glory. That's how you
1: finally showed up on my street pass again.
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, I I really love Devil Survivor and I love Devil Survivor's mechanics it's just the boss design in Devil Survivor 2 is completely impenetrable to me. After a game where the whole point is we show you from the outset the mechanics of how your powers will interact with your opponents, a la Fire Emblem, to then run into bosses that have no weaknesses, all resistances, and you're just meant to brute force your way through them. It's really confusing. It's
1: kind of dull. Seems like there must be some trick.
0: Yeah, I keep assuming that is, but then I brute force my way through two bosses and figured maybe I'm doing something right. <laughs> Say so, hey Fox, what have you been playing?
1: I've been playing actually making some money.
0: <laughs> you were at GongCon, weren't
2: you?
1: Yes. I, this, this is a wonderful thing. This is a, uh, comic book pop culture convention, which is funded <coughs> mostly by the council library services. So there's no admission charge and there's no trader table charge. Well, there might be for the actual businesses that went, but not for some schmuck who just draws cartoons and wants to sell pictures to people. So it was kind of wonderful, but uh, very worthwhile investment. Would go again.
2: <laughs> I things like that. Yeah,
1: no kidding. I, I was just really hella happy the whole time having people, you know, share my work. This is really meaningful to me.
0: We were there with X Manor Studios, the model developer, the, the miniature yes. developers in our area. They also had a really great time. They were talking about how much fun it was. I I um I as the unskilled labor of this particular trio <laughs> of friends was running between the two tables taking care of stuff as best I could. The person without any of their own stuff to sell, let's put it that way. Well yeah, fair enough. But the point is that no one was buying anything of mine. Uh so okay. I could afford to move back and forth.
2: You were the grunt. You were the grunt. I was the grunt.
0: Oh. I was definitely the grunt.
2: <laughs> Sales grunt. As in the pro as in the pro.
1: I'm gonna get a shirt made up for you with that on it next time.
0: <laughs> I was the moan in that I was a grunt, but slightly more attractive. <laughs> I also, approve of this comment. Uh, and hey Jeb, uh, uh obviously you've been playing some games for your, your Snake you know, bird. sweet, sweet journalism game. Snakebird, snakebird, Snake
2: <laughs> snakebird, <laughs> snakebird. <laughs>
0: I've seen you talking about Snake Bird. I haven't seen the review yet. I haven't been on Twitter very much these past couple of days.
2: <laughs> what the hell is Snake Bird? Well, you have a cellular phone. I or do. At least have, a... have seen a cellular phone. You oh familiar god. with the, the snake kind of games? Oh is my this god! It's a combination we... of Snake and Flappy Bird. No, well, it's like Snake. You you chase around. You you gobble up food. You get longer. Mm-hmm. But the snake mm-hmm. birds are, are cute and they're colorful and cartoony and. It's a puzzle game. I'm looking at this now. You have to navigate your snake bird to gather all the fruits around the level, and then to the exit point of the level, and you're affected by gravity. So (laughs) you have to make sure that you are wrapped around in such a way that you don't accidentally fall off the level or fall (laughs) into spikes.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And sometimes there are two snake birds. Sometimes there are three snake birds.
0: (laughs) Oh, Jeb, Jeb, I'm in trouble. Wait, why? I'm in you, real trouble here.
1: Why are you a bird?
0: Cause you can stretch out over empty space. But if you still cute. need to cling to something. You're not, cute. A, you're not a very good bird, alright?
1: <laughs> shit, bird. You're like a snake penguin at best. And isn't that awesome? <laughs> if you're gonna be a snake- awesome. pe- If you're gonna be a snake flat s- bird, then why would you not at least be a snake cassowary? Which, as I understand it, is a dragon. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the snakebirds are also adorably animated. Like if your if your snakebird is like almost about to fall off a ledge, they'll have this panicky look in their eye yeah. and they'll start shivering. It's great because <laughs> they have this very cartoony, gooey eye look to them. Oh, I do like it. It's bright and colorful and wonderful. It is. I have not enjoyed a puzzle game this much since Line. Wow, that is good you remember what Line did to me? I,
0: I, I, remember when you got the final achievement for Line, all you tweeted was, I'm free.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: Line is really captivating.
1: <laughs> no kidding.
0: Uh, my only question is, Snakebird, it doesn't have a mobile version, does it?
2: Uh, it has one coming.
0: Oh, cool. Cause this looks like the kind of game I really want on
2: a bus. <laughs> Um, that depends on whether or not you'll finish a level in one city. <laughs> true, true. Good point. Snakebird is extremely difficult really quickly <laughs> because they, they, uh, the, their, th- their thought process in creating the levels for Snakebird was to take that core concept of uh, the, the, the mobile, mobile phone game Snake yep. and take that in every possible direction. I can think of one early puzzle where in order to solve the puzzle correctly, you have to send your snake straight up vertically as high as it can and fall down a pit. Ah! So broadly speaking, you're really happy with this. Snakebird is outstanding. And if you like puzzle games and you're listening to this, if our, if our, if our listener likes puzzle games, do, do we know if our listener likes puzzle games? Have we I, added I, that I, to the notes
0: I'm pretty sure that our listener must
2: like puzzle games because they have put up with games.
1: us. They're a broad representation of all game
2: enthusiasts. <laughs> well listener, go and get yourself a copy of Snakebird. Listener, you will very much enjoy this.
0: We hope we hope this is a good recommendation for you, listener. <laughs> also, um, in a note of something that might not make the final edit. I've realized what the game you're talking about when you mentioned Dex offhandedly. <laughs> I remember this game. I remember hearing a reviewer refer to it as a blank version of Flashback. I'm not going to use the word blank because it's a slur, but Dex is <sighs> not a game I've heard good things about. <laughs> Like, uh, the the new version of Flashback, where John Conrad is really... Sorry, Conrad Black is really obnoxious and kind of douchey, and then they make it worse. Oh, they
1: remade it, didn't they? Yeah. I never played the original, I only played Another World, which made me very happy, but uh unfortunately plays horribly on another phone. Yep. this Think- one bit where I just I gave up trying because I did not feel that the phone cared about my inputs.
2: thing about Dex is... Dex herself seems like a nice character, a pretty decent character. I wish they'd given her a better game. Oh, it's a lady. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, wow, that's a nice change just for just right there.
2: Yeah. And, it has really and it looks nice good art. by the way. I think that the art yeah, Jim It has really saying. nice art it has really nice art. It has pretty good music. It has decent voice acting for what it is. Mm-hmm. The game plays poorly. <laughs> and I live in the story is story is a ch- Brain wreck. okay the, the like I said the voices are okay but the dialogues which are voice acted are the worst things so you don't want to hear the voice acting this terrible terrible dialogue no. <laughs> Uh, a really competently yeah, yeah. crafted turn.
1: <laughs> to uh, to speak in defense of voice actors, because it must often seem like I'm slamming them. I understand that there is a lot of dialogue. You cannot act well, <laughs> because there is no good way to say such a dumb pile of shit. So I, I sympathize with you on that front. I Broadly speaking, I don't appreciate voice acting, but I recognize that's not necessarily the voice
2: actor's fault. And the voice acting in Texas actually pretty decent. It's just a shame the game is awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It,
0: interestingly, this this with a female protagonist and with some of our earlier discussion ties into a game I was talking about earlier. Not on the record, listener. You'll you'll have to find out one day in bonus content. But uh, the
1: right Talent at Invincible If
0: you want the bonus content.
2: But we were talking about Remember Me. Oops, bonus content available for the $15 Kickstarter
0: backers here, <laughs> Nice. Uh, but Remember Me, where Remember Me has a lot of really competently done things in it, and then they completely Barney some major points. I, I can't get into it without it being spoilery, but suffice to say, there are two stories trying to be told in Remember Me, mm-hmm. and they directly contradict each other.
1: That's problematic.
0: And it isn't being done as some clever Rashomon, oh, maybe we had you fooled all along kind of thing. It really is legitimately, I feel like, two drafts got mashed together.
1: Isn't that like, okay, the the Rashomon thing, isn't that exactly what you should do with that game? Because oh God, yeah. Like as soon as you engage in the mechanics for the first time, there is no possible way you could have a reliable narrator in this game.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think that would be really lovely. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be a better way clever. to do it. <laughs> Uh but no, sadly sadly the uh the plot of Remember Me is actually kind of linear and sensible. It's just that about halfway through it starts trying to make different points to the ones it start with. Huh. Which is really frustrating because otherwise we are watching a game about a biracial woman um kicking cops in the nuts. It's really good. <laughs> in so many ways, and awful in so many others.
1: Does this tonal shift have anything to do with addressing whether or not the stuff they're doing is morally acceptable? Yeah. Like, you've got the whole memory fuckery thing going on?
0: Uh, memory fuckery and terrorism. And they
1: just sort of stop addressing that?
0: Yeah. And I, and, and, and I mean, I have, I, I already know that for me, issues of memory and loss of memory is a hot button, so I know that I was going to go into Remember Me slightly on edge. Right, But the
2: way they handle it is just so bad. Anyway, so Dex... I, I can I can spoil Dex for you. But, <laughs> the, the bits that I got to. Does anyone care? Listen, Dex is, uh, if you,
0: listener, if you don't you, want spoilers for Dex, stop listening now.
2: I meant
1: does anyone care
2: what happens in Dex? <laughs> well, this is something you find out right away, is that Dex is basically the avatar of an AI on the internet. Oh, yeah? Oh, God. You so, mean, she can, fuck. so she can she can use the internet cyberspace in the cyber future without needing to internet into the cyber jacking.
1: Oh, sure. That sounds cool. Because
2: she's the chosen one who will save the internet from Uh the the one and only. And this is when I started skipping the dialogue. (laughs) Hi, Neo.
1: God, I hate chosen one narratives.
0: What if Neo was from 4chan?
1: You know, that's another reason why the most recent Fire Emblem was in many ways the ballsiest of them all. It's, you know, it, it's not quite a chosen one narrative, but it's so much closer than they usually are. Yeah. Usually they're just a case of, you know, you're some person who needs to fix some shit that someone did to you or everything went wrong or whatever. But yeah, they, they've always resisted the temptation to do the stupid fantasy chosen one narrative.
0: Talking with uh, about Arcanum,
2: Arcanum is such a great game.
0: Arcanum is amazing. <laughs> Uh, is, am I remembering right that Arcanum has at one point a character flat out tell you, oh yeah, we made that prophecy up?
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Arcanum is the game that tells you right off the bat. It's like, oh yes, you are clearly the chosen one by religion. You are the one who was fated to save the world. You are the reincarnation of this god. Spoilers. You're not. <laughs> you meet the guy.
0: <laughs> Beautiful.
2: You know, this is reminding me of... Um...
1: You remember City of Villains? Yeah. And, like the official plot there where they were like, oh, you're all Destined Ones and the evil overlord is collecting you for a great purpose and like everyone who ever made a character was like, fuck that guy. This is the story I have. Show your chosen
0: one bullshit. They, that, that attitude was so prevalent in City of Villains <laughs> in the signature story arcs which were released just before the game ended. The villain versions included a section where someone would ask you, well, if you don't think you're the destined one, why did you say you were? And you get to respond with, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. (laughs) Yes. Which is a Ghostbusters line as well. Is it? Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. It, it, this sort of character in games is very important.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that for responding to what the players did with what was ultimately a very stupid idea to start with.
0: It continued the trend of City of Heroes being accidentally good.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: In that the devs at that point were like, "Well, we didn't, we didn't write the canon. We didn't set the <laughs> rules. We didn't start this story." But yeah, we've got to make up. we've got to make the best we can with what we've got. And if that means occasionally we get to make fun of earlier bad writing, let's go for it. Well,
1: that is also in the grand tradition of superhero comics, making fun of earlier bad writing.
0: You know, that's a staple of the genre. So I had a question. Does the name Jordan Mechner mean anything to either of you? Oh,
1: I know I've heard it. I can't place it now.
2: Jordan Mechner?
0: Yeah. Uh, I should know this. It's the wild. It's like you wanted, wanted
2: to say. I keep wanting to say Prince of Persia.
0: No, you're completely correct. It's the, it's the dude who made the original Prince of Persia. Oh, right. On By
2: rotoscoping his brother's, and his brother running around in his pajamas.
0: Yeah, it, it, that is yeah. exactly the story. He, he, he yep. got rotoscoping images <laughs> of his brother. Yeah. And yeah, that's where. It looks like it was rotoscoped from a kid in pajamas. Yeah. And that's where Karateka came from as well. I don't know what that is. Uh, Karateka was an even earlier game he made where he wanted to try and make a kung fu movie. Hey, cool. Um, Karateka has a lot of problems.
1: I, uh, I'm not. Fond of mocap martial arts, yeah, and I suspect rotoscoped
0: martial arts would have the same problem. It looked really good for an Amiga, all right. <laughs> it looked really, really good for an Amiga. There's- At this point in time, it looked really good.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> just something about crazy fuck martial arts that uh, works so much better when you just straight up go, "I don't care if a human could perform this animation." That is so not what this is about.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jordan Mechner, uh, after making the Prince of Persia games, during this brief period of history where after the development of Prince of Persia, Jordan Mechner, who is at this point the flush wonder boy of Broderbund development, who also had the Carmen San Diego license, so these people are actually doing pretty well, <laughs> he wanted yeah. to make an adventure game.
2: Broderbund owned a lot of my childhood. Yeah.
1: Tell me they also made Tink and Tonk. That's going to be like everything I played on a PC at that point. <laughs>
0: Just googling Tink and Tonk.
1: <laughs> yeah, how cool cares. am I? I'm name dropping the shit I was allowed to play in primary school on the Apple IIEs.
0: Tink and Tonk were living books which were owned by Broderbund. <laughs>
1: so <laughs> well, Yeah. There we go.
2: Um mm-hmm. the original Mist was published by Broderbund, so Jesus. Yeah. Bro- Broderbund kind was- of owned. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Wow, they like were PC gaming, pretty much, and uh, <laughs> their licenses wound up becoming parts of fairly major cultural touchstones, like the fact that they had a video game that became a TV show.
1: <laughs> the fact that two TV Persia shows became an Ubisoft game.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it became the, the groundwork of, of parkour on the PC. Um, well, they past, parkour in the new generation of the games. Um, it's time. But Jordan Mechner, during this period, he's basically brought a bundle flush with money. They are happy with him, so they say, "What do you want to make?" And he says, "I would like to make." a mystery game
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and rather than trying to, and and there had been attempts to make mystery games before um, the Laura bow series. And by the way, listener, I quite like Laura bow. I'm fond of her. She has mechanical problems, but
2: nonetheless, I'm, I'm fond of Laura bow, but the big problem, Uh, I wanted to bring up one real quick thing about, uh, about Broderbund. Yeah. Choplifter, load runner, battle of Olympus. (laughs) Holy crap. The guardian legend. These
0: people owned five point two five inch floppies. Th- these are the people who just made, made having a computer worth having at that point. Like load They're the ones.
2: They're the ones who who import who localized and brought over Legacy of the Wizard, the only Dragon Slayer game to be brought to North America. Wow. Legacy
0: of the Lizard. Wizard. Aww. Not the
2: Legacy of the Lizard. That would be silly. <laughs> Yeah, and um, now they, uh, and now what they do is they do Print Shop Pro and Mavis Beacon Teach Typing, which is sad. Oh, but um,
1: I hate Mavis Beacon. <laughs> but the uh, the
0: the the game, the problem with the mystery game, he felt, was that if you played the game through once, that was it. You didn't know how the game. You, you, there was no more mystery. Mm-hmm. And originally there were attempts made to make procedurally generated mysteries. There have been some text adventure games where they tried to randomly seed the plot every time the game started. That's a ton of work, and when you start making graphical assets, and when you start making voice acting... Oh, that's gonna- just completely blew all the, all the load out of the water.
1: I'm seeing, like, the best you could do is something like Cluedo, with Randomized elements, but not a whole lot of story to go with that. like yeah. you have to infer a
0: story for the most part. So what he started on was the idea of a game where you had a time limit and where you were expected to fail a lot and restart the whole game. Mm-hmm. This became a game called the Last Express
2: <laughs>
0: and the last Express is I got asked about this in a in a friendly chat room recently, and i the way I expressed it there was it's more failure states than game. <laughs> This isn't to say it's bad, because the whole point about it is they want you to explore this train as you're riding trying to solve the mystery, and every time, you, everything you explore will teach you, the player, some stuff. Even if that stuff is just, oh, this is a dead end.
1: So the failure states are for teaching you more about the, the mystery.
0: Yeah. Eventually you get a perfect playthrough, and that's what the game is trying to teach you how to make, mm. as opposed to a lot of games where a perfect playthrough is like an advanced stage of having already finished it. Yeah. This is all really interesting. Um, it doesn't work so well, but it is interesting. And, That's a shame. And I bring this up because The Last Express is currently in, for sale in the Humble mobile bundle. No, oh, that sounds a, like a good thing to play on a phone. For a buck. That's you know, kind of an interesting place to, to, to wind up. Worth finding out for a dollar. Mm, that bundle also includes Space Team, which is um, how to phrase it. Uh, Spaceship Artemis—the game where everyone plays on their own computer and there's like yeah. one player who's playing the captain. Spaceship Artemis is great. Space Team is what you play when you've only got 15 minutes and you wanted to play Artemis.
2: For that bundle though, you're gonna to want to you're gonna want to hit the upper tier and get Monument Valley with Japan Joe Danger. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know if we have mentioned this to listener before, but we uh, the place where we play D and D is at the university, so we have projection screens we can use while playing, so of course we have played Spaceship Artemis.
0: We we have played Spaceship Artemis with two players in a desk in front of the screen, looking up at the screen, and a further row back of desks, and a big captain's chair.
2: (laughs) Did your captain ever ever say main screen turn on?
0: Oh yes! (laughs) Because that's actually a command you can issue in that game, and it means something. But yeah, uh, that bundle also includes In that particular form, though. Oh. I think so. Oh, I mean, in the particular, lot,
2: but... in the cadence of main screen turn on.
0: I haven't played Starship, I haven't played Starship Artemis as a captain. I, I tend to wind up playing Nav. I
1: thought you were captain the first time. I might have been. Hmm.
0: I know I played Nav a lot, and I like playing Nav. I, I don't I, have I, enough friends to play it, so.
1: I very quickly gravitated towards weapons. <laughs> What? I like blowing shit up. No one is surprised.
0: What we want to do is set up a VPN to tunnel out to Jeb so that while we're playing, oh, he can yeah. be engineering. So, of course, he's not <laughs> in the room. He's down in the decks. He's fixing shit.
1: <laughs> I have to talk to him over a shitty little comms thing that gets static on it. <laughs> engineering. It's oh, called shit. have <laughs> lost engineering.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, that bundle also has uh monument well, Valley. I have no
1: idea
2: what I'm doing down here. <laughs>
1: No, no, send power to the shields!
0: You want power to your fields? Okay.
2: You see, Captain, I've always loved... (laughs) No, no. All right, I'll send flowers... (laughs) I'll send send flowers to Sally Fields, okay. (laughs) I'm sure she could... Why is she on the ship? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Captain, your instructions don't make any sense. I want to play this now. (laughs) I
0: want want to play slightly incompetent space team slash Starship Artemis. All right.
1: That's just your first playthrough of Artemis.
0: That is really (laughs) true.
1: Fuck, what does this display do? There's no actual
0: instructions. I I loved when the captain...
1: What happens if I click, oh, we nuked it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we accidentally nuked a, a friendly satellite the first time we played. Because of course you'd load nukes. Nukes sound like good things to load, right? Nukes are excellent things to load. (laughs) They really are. (laughs) When when you're being chased by three different things, a nuke is an amazing thing to have. I got
2: two tubes. I would love to cluelessly play this with my friends. (laughs) We got got to look into this.
0: Yeah, much like Tabletop Simulator. We need need to find ways. We need to get (laughs) together and play more games together because y'all are fantastic. Anyway. The, this this whole Humble Bundle thing just got brought up because um, I was reminded that uh The Last Express was in it recently by a friend, and they were hoping I could give them a little more in-depth description of it. So now I can force them to listen to the podcast.
1: Ha! Ah, listener number two.
0: Well, finally, welcome to the show. Finally, second listener. <laughs> now
1: we can say listeners. Maybe. Stop stealing that joke. From.
0: I think it's the technical difficulties we're nicking that joke from.
1: I didn't realize this until we went back. We're and We're stealing a <laughs> joke. Oh, shit. We may have used that joke.
0: Uh, just, do when we're stealing a joke. This we entire didn't realize
1: thing, at the time. Yeah, we,
0: this is the problem with being on the internet. You wind up accumulating so much yeah. media, so many knickknacks and mental you know, detritus, you don't know where any of it came from.
1: I don't listen to
2: podcasts. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, you
1: didn't make the joke.
2: That's yeah, true. So all well, uh, my jokes has been good. Yep.
0: And now it's time for Retro Gaming News. All the news that's fit to print for the month of May 2007. Do you buy cassowaries? The early dinosaurs still trying
1: to rip your freaking face off.
0: Beautiful. Alright, we got quite a crop this month, uh, in 2007. This is a bit weird because I'm like, going, you know, a little further back. May was really quiet. In fact, there was one poor year back in the, the late 90s where April and then straight to June.
1: You're kidding. <laughs> According- the 90s was an excellent time for video games. I know.
0: And, and and by the way, at that end of that, the start of June, Banjo-Kazooie. So like it was that- a pretty good, <laughs> it, was, it was worth the wait. It's just, what the wait, hell happened in May?
1: Was Banjo-Kazooie a launch title?
0: Back I don't know. Ago? I don't know. I was going to
1: say, cause that would explain the dead patch if it was right before a PlayStation console came out.
0: That's true. All right, then. So we have, first of all, a horror game published by Paradox Entertainment. Obscure. No, it's no? part of a multi, well, now it is a part of a multi-release franchise, and you buy usually all three of them at once. It's not
1: really no horror games. <laughs> nah,
0: this is completely outside of Fox's bailiwick. Uh, developed by Frictional, its name involves a lunar event.
2: Oh, uh, it's
0: uh, Penumbra Overture. Penumbra Overture. That's ah. exactly right. So 2007, Penumbra Overture came out. And at that point, it was Penumbra Overture, Episode 1. Oh,
1: I'm like 10 years old. I thought we were in 1997, not no, 2007. No, 2007. Oops! 2007.
0: All right. So now we have a franchise game. A franchise game where the franchise has since been very quietly smothered. Hmm. Franchise game originally released by a company that has also been very quietly smothered. (laughs)
2: Command (laughs) and Conquer: Red Alert 3. Holy crap! That's close.
0: (laughs) Damn, it was wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong, but you were wrong only very slightly wrong.
1: (laughs) So it was the other side of Command and Conquer: (laughs) Red Alert, and And it was the other
0: three. three. It was Command (laughs) and Conquer 3: Tiberian Wars. Okay,
1: (laughs) right. I'm glad they chose to kill the serious side rather than the wacky side.
2: Yeah.
0: There was a given value of wacky in Command and Conquer as well.
1: Isn't that why it started splitting into Red Alert in the first place? Though? Yeah, they were like, eh, "We want to go further with this, but people are going to get shitty because war is serious and stuff."
0: You, you had a bald, megalomaniacal, half alien dictator named Kane in Command and Conquer. I think calling it serious is slightly overstating is that things. After they split, that's after. Well, he no uh-huh. before and after.
1: Yeah, okay, but he's he was, an element from if- before.
0: So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Command & Conquer Three: Tiberium Wars was uh, there's not a lot to say about it. It was just kind of a crap RTS. Yeah,
2: the, the real time strategy genre kind of had evolved by that point.
0: Yeah, you, yeah. You, but, yeah. Were long, since,
2: were long since removed from Warcraft Three. Yeah, you had the the uh, dumb war games that relic put out. Yeah, changed okay, things a lot. And Command and & Conquer just kind of stuck with the old ways, which I kind, kind of want back. But at the same time, I recognize that the, the changes that especially Warcraft 3 made were huge and this allowed the, the genre as a whole to open up so much more. Yeah.
0: I think that if you want to go back to that earlier feeling of RTSs, the place to look is indie because Warcraft 3 needs a lot of... There's a lot of extra parts moving. You need a lot of extra development to make that style of game work. So AAA RTS's probably do want a template more of Warcraft 3 and Starcraft 2, whereas indie developers could probably get away with churning out a crush, kill and destroy. I'm just saying.
1: Uh, if you're gonna, if you're gonna use retrograde mechanics, it's a good idea to still take whatever kind of quality of life or just fun improvements that you yeah. can and retrofit them. Yeah, I agree kind of one of the reasons I still like Pokemon after all these years they like the the core shit has never ever ever changed <laughs> (laughs) And that's good, but they have made a lot of meaningful changes without altering that core that you really don't want to go backwards from.
0: It it reminds me of um, Warwind, another game which was trying to do Warcraft 2 after Starcraft had come out. And I liked Warwind a lot, but it it had a lot of problems that were... Mechanically, you needed to know what other people were doing. You couldn't just muddle along. Right. All right, then. Now, here's a game I am pretty sure neither of you will have played. (laughs) So I will give you points if you can guess the name of the other game it mentions in its title.
1: <laughs> okay, well you start us with a console at least, if neither of us played. It's a
0: PSP game. Oh, damn. See? Yeah, it's over. <laughs> I think Jeff doesn't even own a PSP. I've
2: never even known it's on PSP.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I have played one PSP game, which, uh, you know, setting aside the two virtual console games I have played on the BSP, which are both swinging <laughs> in. Um and that is Valkyria Chronicles, so no.
0: Yeah. All right. But so I might know of it. You might you might know of it. The game was rated on IGN a six point five and was described as possible.
2: Uh-huh. Final um, Fantasy Dissidia? But-
0: no, no. Uh, the game is connected to a franchise, which is the franchise it names in its title.
2: Yeah, Final Fantasy City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the game is full of obscure systems that take a lot of time for players to engage with, and sometimes the relationship between characters aren't obvious until you've finished the game at least once.
2: Final Fantasy City. I'm <laughs> <clears throat> doing this on purpose now.
0: Yes. <laughs> it's described as a futuristic blank.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just having fun filling in the
0: blank.
1: Uh, my favorite so far is Pile. Uh,
2: okay, is, uh,
1: it- is Blank the name of another game?
2: Yes. Um, is it the same game as as it was mentioned in the
0: title? That is, that is the title, yeah. Okay. Yep. Also, that is franchise is still going.
2: Solid Portable Apps?
0: Nope, nope. The franchise in question is renowned for being non-violent. And heteronormative.
1: Oh, hmm, okay. I was going to say Sims, but not so much.
0: You, you're actually in a surprisingly close place. It's a game from Japan.
1: Uh That was going to be my next guess when you said heteronormative. Um, Is it a futuristic Animal Crossing?
0: No, but right ballpark. Ah, Before um, Animal Crossing, there was... I
1: don't know what that was for.
0: A game where you have a little place you need to take care of...
2: Puffles Moon! It's, oh, oh! Yeah. It's
0: a uh, it's, it's innocent life, a futuristic Harvest Moon.
2: I played innocent life. Holy crap! Really? Is any yeah, it good? It's on the PS2. It's uh, it has issues, but I really enjoy it. Oh, well, you play as so a farming cool. robot. That reminds me, I really gotta get Rune Factory Four now that it's available. I, I <laughs> biggest the biggest problem with Innocent Life is that you don't get married, and oh. you only have two years to win. Oh,
1: oh, that sounds great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I, I
0: admit I grabbed this and put this in the list of things I wanted to talk about because the cover art looks cool. Because the, What is it? I haven't actually seen it. Because that little buggy thing you've got in the
2: cover art is neat. Oh, yeah. You can find it eventually and you can ride it around. That is some very dated-looking uh, cover art. Yep. It's uh, The thing about Instant Life is, like I said, you have two years to win because there's a volcano that's going to erupt on the island <laughs> and you have to stop it. And because that's what Harvest Moon needed, a fucking volcano. I kinda
1: like that actually. Cause, well, you, you know, okay, Harvest Moon knows what it's doing and it's good and it's fun and having a lot of years is okay, but not like, you know, when you hear about the shit that you can only get after the 99th year and like, no, that's too much game. <laughs> I want some game in between two years and a hundred years.
2: Well, So we can find like- a happy medium. In Innocent Life, you find out what you need to do to stop the volcano in the winter. Uh-huh. But once the winter gets there, you can't do it. Oh, yeah. And that's why you get the second here. <laughs> right. Because otherwise
1: they would have just been going, you spend, fuck you.
2: You spend those next three seasons doing, like, one thing.
1: Huh. No, that's always kind, kind of, a of problem with Moon. It All right.
2: kind of tears off, but it is really neat. I somewhat enjoyed it and I would, I'm pretty sure you can get it on the, the PlayStation Network on like a PS3. Like uh, it was a cross or whatever.
0: Oh, nice! Because it was on the PS2. Makes sense. All right then, we have another franchise. I, have, with... oh,
2: I have played this in life, so ha! Take
0: that. <laughs> yeah, you you completely owned me there. I You've did not know. You made him
1: eat his words.
0: And and I'm Actually, really glad almost, to
2: hear it's good. I almost uh I almost bought it the last time there was a big PSN number single. but yeah. I bought all the Tails games instead.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, we have another franchise game. You've both heard of the franchise. Neither of you are apparently huge fans of the franchise.
2: Final Fantasy Dissidia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a Nintendo title.
2: Spin-off
1: or mainline?
0: Um, it's become its own mainline. Like, every Smash console. Will... Yoshi's Island DS. No. De- bigger than Yoshi's no, Island DS, smaller than Smash Brothers. Consistently, every console gets one. It has a very familiar stable cast of characters, some of whom are technically enemies of one another, but they still play, you know, games alongside one another. Oh, is Mario Party? Mario Party 8. I
2: love Mario Party. You were very close.
0: I did not realize you loved Mario Party. I, I love Mario Party. I, I am just terrible at knowing what games Jeb likes today.
2: <laughs> it's like, well, you probably never played this. Of course, I played it time. What are you talking about? Pretty sure Pretty sure you already hate this. I love Mario Party. What are you talking about? I love Mario Party because it has no pretense of being fair. <laughs> oh, so it's just goof off, go for funny, and that's something I enjoy in the game. When you uh, can just,
0: it is amazing how much, for a while. yeah, it is amazing how much, especially because we're, we're very system driven people. When we, when you game a lot, you do wind up getting in your head of how you win and you want to do the things to prioritize to win. And Mario Party by, by basically making the ability to win a big black box, you stop caring about it as much. It actually separates you from the system a little. Some people don't like that, but if you're looking for something that lets you put yeah. distance between yourself and the game while still interacting and sharing time with your friends, Mario Party is really great for that.
1: I know I'm bad for saying this, but I kind of prefer the multiplayer WarioWare, because that is exactly what I want mini games to be like in party
0: games. It's I really just, like They're just
1: stupid and ridiculous and very, very fun.
0: I did really like smooth moves. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so, next up. We have What are you
2: being wrong about now, Talon?
0: All right. (laughs) We have a franchise game, but it's a franchise of not a video game. So So it's like
1: a movie tie-in or a TV tie-in or something?
0: Like that, but neither of those. Okay. Uh, it has had games before in the SNES and Genesis era, and it was fairly successful, successful enough to get a secondary expansion, which became an expand-alone.
1: Is it Warhammer well, 40k?
0: No, but right style. Mm-hmm. It was a tabletop game originally, and it definitely was a pastiche of a whole bunch of shit. It's a turn-based RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a futuristic turn-based RPG. Yes.
2: That's...
1: I don't really know of any futuristic tabletop games that got video games, got more than one video game, except You've Warhammer. you played it. I don't play tabletop.
0: <laughs> I don't play tabletop RPGs. No, sorry,
2: you? I don't play war games.
0: No, not a war game. Not a war game, an oh. RPG.
2: Oh. A tabletop RPG? Shadowrun! Ah. Oh, that's right, there was that horrible console and shooter. Yep.
1: <laughs> He's right, I have actually played Shadowrun on a tabletop. Yep. I made a squall rip off who was an elf. <coughs>
2: It got an expand expansion. That version
0: of Shadowrun. Uh, it got an expand alone. Uh, Dragonfall started out as an expansion, and then they went, you know what? Hell with it. Let's just make it a whole thing on its own.
2: And Dragonfall Sprout is quite good, right? Yeah, but that's that's not uh Shadowrun Returns. That's that's uh, that's that's not. Oh, you're right. That's, so that's what I was wrong about this time. Wow, about I knew game it. Of this? Holy <laughs> well, crap! Well tell
1: them.
0: That's
2: three for three. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, that's. Hmm. Dragonfall is Shadowrun Returns, and yeah, by the right. way, if you're looking for a cyberpunk uh, a cyberpunk uh, playing game, instead of paying the price for decks, you could get Shadowrun Returns
0: cheaper. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's real a... damning thing about indie games right now. If you're if you're making a futuristic cyberpunk RPG, you're going to have to stand up to Dragonfall. <laughs> So it was
1: regarded quite well. I, I thought I remembered, uh, well, nothing but favorable responses. Return,
0: Returns did well. Dragonfall did amazingly All well. Right. Dragonfall
2: was excellent. Check it out. Returns right. was pretty good.
0: Dragonfall has, a uh, a, a woman in the opening tutorial who punches a tank and the rest of the game pretty much respects her that Is much. That? I'm into that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, she's pretty freaking awesome. All right. We have another franchise game. It I has- it has other video games related to it, but don't think it's a video game franchise. It is definitely not a video game franchise. Uh It is a franchise where it would all be much better if it just stayed with the very first part of the franchise and none of the rest happened.
2: Star Wars. Metal Gear Solid.
0: Owned by the same people no. who own Star Wars. Not Metal Gear Solid, but about as tropey. Mario X-Men? <coughs> um, sorry. No, not X-Men, but again, owned by the same people who currently own X-Men.
1: Oh god, yeah, Disney just bought Luke's film, didn't they? Yes. Kingdom Hearts?
0: No, no, not Kingdom Hearts. I would not, I would not dunk on Kingdom Hearts installments. I don't know them very well. And at last check, Allison. Allison has opinions on Kingdom Hearts, so I don't wanna, you know, broach on that. No, this is, this is something I feel very comfortable dunking on because not only is the original franchise material kind of bad at this point, but the game itself is kind of bad.
2: Is it Disney
0: related? It is Disney related. It started
2: out- Is it GBA game?
0: No, yeah. no. This was, this was a, uh, multi-platform in the Wait, we was- were
2: past the era
1: of GBA, aren't we?
0: This was released on the PS2, PS3, 360, PC, PSP, DS, and Wii. Bloody
1: hell. Epic
0: Mickey. <laughs> no, not Epic Mickey. Uh you're you're thinking too charming.
1: You've almost got me wanting to say high school musical. I know that uh, got really It is scary live action. Fuck where.
0: It is based on a live action franchise. <laughs> it's uh, Enchanted? No, not Enchanted, not Enchanted. Um
1: it's gotten that much cross release.
0: I know. How did it get that much cross release? How did anything get on those many platforms? That was
1: live action and owned by Disney though possibly through some kind of subsidiary.
0: And it really shouldn't have been made. Uh,
1: it's like all the Disney live action stuff.
0: No, no. Jerry Bruckheimer.
1: Oh god, it's Pirates. It's Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: It is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah,
1: fuck that should have ended after the first one.
0: The video game, part 3 oh. at world's end. Oh, uh, gracious. And that's all we're going to say about that.
2: Thank, Thank you me. for reminding me that there were Pirates of the Caribbean movies after <laughs> the first one. <laughs>
1: I want to retreat back to where plausible deniability about Pirates of the Caribbean sequels.
0: I like, I liked that first movie. I don't know, if it was good, good. but I did like that first movie. And after that, was (laughs) charming. Yeah, after that, I just, oh god. Anyway, okay. This is a Nintendo DS title. It has since become a franchise, but it wasn't a franchise at this point. All right,
1: franchise opener. Yes, it
0: was. was. No. It was regarded because of a very particular mechanic that used the touchscreen though. Oh, uh. It was also regarded for a very steep difficulty curve.
2: At least agents?
0: No. (laughs) That would
1: have, if only that had started a franchise.
0: I know that there's at least four more of this game's franchise.
1: Uh, It's not Professor Layton.
0: No. No, the games are also simply name of game, number.
1: Oh, but they're distinctly about the DS controls.
0: Sorry, was that Jeb? Ace Attorney? No, not a, Not Ace Attorney? No. In
1: fact, the, the first couple of Ace Attorneys didn't even have touchscreen controls. No, they, they were GBA. Ports.
2: Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah. I've never played
1: one. Yeah, Japan had them like a long time before they ever got translated. Um, um, I should know this. DS is like my thing.
0: Yeah. Ah. In fact... Uh, I never even cooking Mama. Yes. No. Ah! The game itself is turn-based, but it uses the touchscreen in a notable way. Oh,
1: what the hell? <laughs>
0: It's deliberately retro throwback.
1: <laughs>
0: Yoshi's cookie.
1: <laughs> Gonna explode.
0: I think that if I give you
1: Don't! Don't do that! Any... Tell me the developer, is it a Nintendo title or is it some third party developer?
0: It's an Atlas title.
1: Yeah, of course it fucking which
0: is. Which doesn't me. help you at all.
1: Doesn't help me at all. That's most of the good shit really. <laughs> fucking
0: atlas Ah.
2: snowboard
1: kids (laughs) greatest atlas
2: title of them all
1: um okay but this no there can't be any of those they were already franchises
0: it has been compared
1: (laughs) hold on I have to look at my shelf
0: no, you don't have it. Damn it! It has been compared to... the Sphere?
1: No, it's uh, PlayStation.
0: That's PlayStation, yeah. What the um, fuck am I supposed to know? It's it, a
1: brilliant it, game. Get it if you can get it. It's this PS4
0: game has been compared it. to Wizardry and the Bard's Tale. Oh. Odyssey? Hey!
1: Oh, oh god. Uses the touchscreen in a very significant... To make the map. To draw your damn map. Yes! Ah. Oh, I never would have gotten that. Yeah. Ah
0: and Odyssey, Odyssey listeners listener
1: <laughs> no we have tuna. We
0: we might, We're have, allowed to, we to. might have,
2: to. have to we might have <laughs> to
0: we have to wait for verification that Kat's heard this so <laughs> uh in the meantime and Odyssey really really hard dungeon crawler where you have to draw your own fucking map <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that is definitely uh beyond the realms of what I find to be entertaining throwback
2: <laughs> now you're making me do too much work I'm gone I played one of the, the demos for one of them and uh, I enjoyed it, the concept and then I just didn't like the game at all yeah, yeah.
0: The, the big problem that, that a friend of mine had with it was that actually finishing the game wasn't fun. Getting to a point where you were stable was. Once you got to that point of stability where you were getting more health out of a dungeon than you were losing in the dungeon, that's when he stopped playing the games. Because yeah. that was really hard to get to.
1: That's when he felt like he had won, effectively. Yeah,
0: and at that point it was just a matter of grinding out the dungeon. They weren't going to do anything new to him. All right. We have another franchise game. We've got more. Oh, yeah, we got more. It is regarded as being the good one of its franchise, which tends to happen with almost everything. This franchise is still being released. Even um, an episodic version of this this franchise came out this year.
2: Resident Evil 4.
0: Yes, Resident Evil 4. Wow.
2: Yeah. That was impressive, Jeb. Oh, I know this, because Talon didn't know that Resident Evil Revelations 2 is an episodic game. I didn't know it was.
0: (laughs) Jeb's the one who had to tell me.
1: I did not know it was.
0: Yeah, which explains it, because otherwise I'm thinking, how could this game be so good? How can Doc Destructor be talking about this game being so friggin' great if it's $3? (laughs) That's not what Capcom does. (laughs)
2: No, it's thirty for the whole game, but three dollars you can get episode two. number one.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of cool.
2: That's a nice place to start with.
1: I'd rather have episodic content that way, actually, with like a big opener and then continuation for small investments, rather yeah. than uh, you know every episode being treated as a not quite major release. So you know it's going to be like twenty bucks an installment instead yeah. of uh, you know ninety for a whole game.
0: Sometimes the Telltale games do that, and it's a little irritating. <laughs> All right. Two to
1: go. Telltale at least finished their episodic games, which is, yeah. you know, marks them as kind of a rarity, and that's really frustrating.
0: Yeah. All right, two to go. Ducky <laughs> Road zero, zero episode four is coming soon. Yes, I I fully believe him.
1: I'm not saying no one else can can finish stuff. It's just like a lot of a lot of companies <laughs> tried to start on episodic stuff and like. A lot of the big name ones in particular went
0: like Sonic the eh, Hedgehog. 4.
1: that's a good that example, yeah. We were
0: all, we were all sitting there politely waiting for Fox to finish so we could all say <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog, couldn't we?
1: And obviously Half-Life being the other key example. Yeah.
0: What is it? Sid said the only way to prevent World War 3 is to give World Wars to Valve. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. Sid is very funny. Sid is a comedian. Sorry. You got another yeah. one? We have we have two more. All right. So this is a Windows re-release of an existing game. Uh huh. This game was originally platform exclusive. This game has had a major influencing effect on an entire genre and possibly even a console life cycle. Hmm.
1: No, whatever. It's pretty fucking impressive.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very important game. Not one I like a lot, but it is very much an important game and deserves deserves respecting as a historically important it's game. A shoot y kind of game. Seven.
2: Or...
0: It and, and yes, it's a shoot y game. And yes, two thousand and seven. Hence making the point that it is a real release of a game that came out much earlier much earlier like three years earlier
1: oh it's uh, hang on no it's yeah, not like as- Halo yeah. making its way to Windows or something like that close
0: you're, you're so close Fox <laughs>
1: um I oh Halo Fable? 2 Halo 2 nah you're allowed to Halo give 2. me points for saying Halo that's yeah. how it works
0: alright that, that's how it works yeah uh, I got
1: points for saying the other command and conquer
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh Halo 2 Which took three years to get ported to the PC from the Xbox 360.
1: Right. When I thought of Halo, I was like, wait a minute, it was Microsoft's game. Like, surely they would have had it on the PC pretty quickly. Not so much.
0: Three years.
1: Yeah. Holy crap. uh, That's a long fucking time.
0: And I don't know if that was a technical thing either.
1: Might have just been it we'd like people to buy Xboxes thing.
0: Yeah. And at that point, the Xbox was being carried on Master Chief's big green shoulders.
1: Well, goodness knows the Xbox is the console least distinguishable from a PC. Like, it, it's got
2: the least uh, stuff. Hmm? Keep in mind that uh, Halo 2 didn't come out on, uh, it didn't release originally on the Xbox 360. It was on the original Xbox. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Huh.
0: So the remaster was probably a visual upgrade uh, as well. Okay. Yeah. Alright, okay, last one, and I've saved what I personally believe to be the best of these games for last.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Alright, this is a game that is not a franchise, but it is a sort of a style franchise, in that the developer responsible for this game has released multiple other games that use similar themes and visuals and feel. I was
1: going to say it was a Tales game, but it's not.
0: Not a, not a Tales game. A Tales game would be an actual franchise. And
1: it wouldn't be the best on your list.
0: No. <laughs> okay, this game came out on the PS2. hmm this game still looks incredible today.
2: PS2 game, you said it's one of the best of its... Yep. We're not talking about Odin Sphere now.
0: We, yeah.
2: All right!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Odin Sphere is beautiful.
1: Oh, hell, fuck yes. They, uh, If you want to see 2D vector-rigged bitmap component sprites done as well as they possibly can be, Vanilla Wear is where you get that. Yeah. So their games look fucking amazing, and they age wonderfully because, you know, 2 Save having a massive resolution bump, 2D doesn't really age.
0: Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, there are big problems with Vanillaware games. In particular, their relationship with boobs. Uh,
1: yeah, well, th- their relationship with boobs was still pretty healthy in odin's Sphere. It-, it didn't really get grotesque until Dragon's Crown.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I can see some arguments that they were kind of going in that direction during Mara Oh, they Manta. were
1: definitely, they were going in that direction during Odin's Sphere. Like, there's a couple of characters where you were like, wait, is that underboob or trim? I don't know. And if it's underboob, I'm very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And the, uh, the Queen of the Underworld particularly has very, uh, well, she has 2D jiggle physics, basically. <laughs> Her boobs do very floaty things. And it's you know it's deliberate it's part of the stylization um it certainly fits with what they're going for, but they bought more into that with each new game, so it got sort of more and more gratuitous um it's like you know when you watch an artist and they you know their technical skill gets better over the years, but their personal style also stretches more in the extreme directions that they were they were pointing at to begin with, and you're like I, I really wish you drew." your, you know, style from then with your skill from now, because yeah. now it's just gotten a bit out of control.
0: Yeah, I I, I get what you mean.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting a bit rambly. I care no. a lot about drawing, And you
0: care a lot about Odin's <laughs> fear.
1: That's an excellent game. If you want something side-scrolly, actiony, just beat the shit out of tons of things, very fun. Also, very continue, fucking pretty.
2: Continue talking about Odin's <laughs> fear.
1: I said most of what I have to say about it. Um, I suppose you could say it's a really good example of, uh, you know, grabbing the historical canon folklore plot and using it quite well. I mean, it has a fairly distinct declared purpose at the beginning by calling itself Odin Sphere, but... Mm-hmm. Um the more you know like the names from the Ragnarok myth and everything, the more you see the pieces falling into place because they don't just straight up front say, Yeah, this guy represents, you know, Fenrir or whatever. Um they they obscure things a little bit, and as you find out more about them, you sort of go, Oh, oh uh, no, this is straight up the Ragnarok myth. Oh, this is all gonna go to hell. <laughs> it's pretty cool in that respect. Also, uh, best excuse ever for having a race of cute furry merchants in a JRPG. <laughs> Like, you know, lots of them have the cute furry merchant race, but usually it's, it's you know, mostly on the basis of, well, you know, it's okay to have a, pro- a race defined by a particular profession. What's weird about that? But in this, there's actually quite a good reason for it, and I found that quite charming. I say quite a lot.
0: <laughs> you do say quite a
2: quite, quite lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh... Odin Sphere is one of those games which I've watched you play and just sink into, and it's just so vibrant compared to the other types of games of its type. Yeah. Like well, beat-em-ups.
1: It's gorgeous and colourful and and just really lovingly rendered throughout. Starts the trend of Vanilla food porn thing. Yeah. It took me a while to discover where that was in Dragon's Crown, because you have to unlock the food porn mini game in Dragon's Crown. Like, oh, there it is. This is vanilla air after all. Oh, that's salmon steak. is way too well animated considering it's a steak.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, if food is an actual problem for you, probably don't <laughs> want to play Oversphere. <laughs> but on the other <laughs> hand, it is a game where you get to plant a chicken.
1: It's not as gratuitous as um as Muramasa. Yeah. For food porn. It's. Oh.
0: He's such a lovely dog. <laughs>
1: he is. Okay. Um, yeah, it's less prominent than the next couple of games, uh, because it lacks the first person element in the food porn sections. So I don't know if that's less likely to upset people who have food issues. Uh, this is a foreign concept to me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) yeah, not, not nearly as, uh personally involving
0: yeah but but on the other hand again this game looks really good um let's plays of some of the combat sections probably worth watching just if you want to see some really nicely done animation um and overall considering vanillaware's track record on some things like again boobs it's probably one of their best games
1: yeah i i kind of like muramasa better um but that was probably because of the backgrounds in particular. Yeah. I fucking adore the scenery in Muramasa.
0: Yeah, it looks really um, good.
1: But yeah, the, there, there is also the kind of sexism angle creeping in in Muramasa, which makes it less good. Yeah. Uh, Odin's fear is more interesting in that regard as well. Like it's got some stuff in it, which seems extremely overtly sexist. And then it sort of comes up as to it's. Mostly being imagined, and it, it doesn't really seem to be the way that the characters all believed it would be. Um. Anyway, I can't really go into it without spoiling stuff, but it's pretty good on the sexism front, despite the fact that it's doing uh well
0: folklore fantasy. All right, then. If we're all good.
1: Um. Yeah. Not unless you want me to carry on about vanilla games some more. Ha! <laughs> you know
0: what? Really I good. haven't
1: played Grim Grimoire. Uh, yeah, which was actually their follow-up to Odin Sphere, I believe, it came before Marasa. Um, but I haven't done it because I think it's an RTS, and I am horrible at RTSs. <laughs> horrible! I'm not even kidding. That is too many things to think about at once. I have a tunnel vision brain.
0: Thank you very much for listening. That's been the 18th episode of the Downloadable Concept Podcast. That's been Jeb. That's been Fox. And
1: fun. that's been Talon.
0: Tune in next week when...
1: The
2: conembrous it comes.
0: I can't. I can't look at the screen very much <laughs> because Jeb's avatar keeps
2: coming up, and I keep. <laughs> the the duck is me. everywhere.
1: Back, I say.